Hi, everybody. This is going to be a bit of a weird episode because uh, Corey just moved and he forgot that we were recording today. So he's setting it up. So this is going to be a bit of a quicker episode since I now need to edit this and listen to my own voice. So help me God. But anyway, <laughs> welcome back to Light Novels in Your Ears, everybody. Uh, like I said, April and I are here, I being Helen. And so Hi, everybody. <laughs> we're just going to do this weirder than usual episode. And we are going to be talking about the light novel Sexiled or... God damn it, I should have had my volume on hand. April, do you have the full title on hand or should I run over it? It is... Uh, I just had it. My sexist party leader kicked me out, so I teamed up with a mythical sorceress. You know, as one does. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I know that there are a lot of jokes about overly long light novel titles, but honestly, I like this one since it is a very good summary of this quick um, two-volume series. It's complete in English. J Novel Clubs put it out both digitally and physically. And when I first read this, I read it digitally, and I got the volumes physically recently. And these are really short volumes. Like, this could have been like a single volume easily. So this is a quick read. Yeah. I think, April, I think you said, like, I'm going to start it. And then like six hours later, you're like, I'm done or something along those lines. <laughs> it, they were pretty quick reads. I read pretty quick, but they were still pretty quick reads. I think uh, it, it, takes, it took me about four or five hours. So it doesn't take too long. And yeah, I think it could have been combined into one volume. But if you're interested in it, it's not, it's not a very long read at all. So what is this story about being sexiled and kicked out of your party? Well, in a small country and, you know, a fantasy D&D-like world, Tanya is a mage and she's in a party with a friend that she's been friends with for years. And he's always been kind of a douche, honestly. Apparently at one point he had redeeming qualities. I'm not sure what they were, um, but, <laughs> but he's decided to kick her out of the party since, you know, she's getting older. You know, he do what if she gets hurt? You know, surely she wants to settle down now and have children. And, oh, she could reclass into being a healer, you know, and just stay home and do that kind of work. They live in a very sexist society where there are essentially no female knights or fighters. And Tanya being a mage is itself pretty unusual. Not too many female mages. It's just healing or nothing, basically. So Tanya is pissed. Very, very best. And she's also a very good mage. So she goes out into the wasteland and she's just firing off like this explosion fire spell over and over. And uh, she destroys at least one mountain in the process. And underneath that mountain was an immortal sorceress, uh, the great Lapis. Laplace? There was a discussion how to pronounce this and we're not sure how. I really don't think it's Laplace, though. That's what it was in my head, and now I really don't think that's it. And I don't think it's Laplace either, which is how they do it in Gundam. <laughs> so. But anyway, Laplace has been trapped underneath a mountain for 300 years. Tanya recognizes her name as, you know, the stories of this wicked sorceress. The um, I think the term was the wicked dragon whore or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Anyway... Mm -hmm. Lapis is very happy to be out. Nobody likes being crushed beneath a mountain for 300 years. And she is very impressed at Tanya's skills. And after a quick fight, the two of them decide to form a party. And Tanya wants revenge. Revenge on her former party leader. 
and we're not talking murder or anything. There's an upcoming tournament where parties fight each other, and she's determined to enter this tournament, get matched up against her former party, and kick their asses. Lapis is, you know, pretty supportive of this idea, you know? She's had her own runs and run-ins with sexism, etc. And she also proposes that since you don't need two heavy-duty magic users in a party on reclassing Tanya to be a magi knight, so now she can still do magic, but instead of like using an incantation or a staff, she just basically swings around a giant sword and then just fires off magic from it. It's great. This is pure wish fulfillment at this point. Tanya's even got pink hair, so I, I am so down for this. <laughs> and I pictured the uh, berserk sword every time they talked about her sword. I don't think it looks like that, but that's what I thought. <laughs> I mean, the picture on the cover, it does look like it's getting close to berserk sizes. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, the first volume is the lead up to this tournament and the tournament itself. Um, they do quickly run into one problem, which is that both of their combined levels are too high to form a party to go into the tournament. So they rope in this poor receptionist at the Adventurers Guild, um, whose name is Nadine, and she's like a level three healer compared to our two overpowered, like 100 level characters over here. So just barely make it in for the tournament. And so um, that's how that all goes down. And then uh, it continues to be very comedic in its um, let's kick the patriarchy's ass sort of tone. Like at one point, Tanya is going to get new um, equipment and clothing for her new class. And Laplace is like, why are you walking out in a bikini? And Tanya's like, oh, women have to expose as much of their skin as they, ha as they can to increase their mana circuits or something. And Laplace is like, okay, sit your ass down. We are about to have a magic lesson in this department store. And they do. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so the girls then get much nicer looking clothes, honestly. And um, there's another thing where um, Nadine's condition for joining their party is, you have to help me tutor this girl I know. She's trying to get into the Mage Academy. Tanya, I know you graduated from there. Can you help us out? Sure. And then... Okay, do you remember back a couple of years ago, there was that scandal with the Tokyo Medical School where it was revealed that they were purposefully lowering the like test scores of all the female applicants? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a direct influence on this story, which I suspected when I was reading it because there are some scenes that play out almost beat for beat like that. So mm -hmm. the characters are going through just delightfully smashing the patriarchy in every sort of way. Um, the fight scenes are pretty entertaining for being, you know, a work that's just text, no images. Like when we finally get to Tanya's big revenge fight, Lapis and Nadine have like declared themselves announcers and are possibly slightly tipsy in, in the arena. Oh, and Lapis obviously cannot be going around by her real name. So the chosen alias she is using for most of the book is Stone Cold Stunner, which is also great. <laughs> And then our second volume focuses a bit on sort of like Laplace's revenge because she was put under a mountain 300 years ago. She obviously has some feelings about this. And uh, she has also had her share of shitty men in her life who have put her under mountains 300 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I had time to reread the first volume, but not the second. So my memories of the second are a little fuzzier. But it is all these things, and it is also very, very gay. Like, 
<laughs> like it starts out with, okay, Laplace is kissing Tanya, you know, to change her class, and then the kissing continues. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is gay. This is just actually gay. <laughs> it's not that I forgot about that part. It's more that, like, I, I think I've gotten so used to seeing it that I didn't really think anything of it until you said that. <laughs> but that's definitely there. To be fair, we have covered quite a bit of Yuri on this podcast before. <laughs> But yeah, I really adore this one. So you can see why I was trying to get you and Corey to read it along with me since it's a quick read and it's a fun read. Also translated mm -hmm. rather nicely. It doesn't feel stilted at all. It just reads really well. And it has an appropriate number of pictures, which is something I'm fussy about in light novels. An appropriate number and they do not look like somebody turned in an MS Paint drawing with five minutes left before the deadline. No, they... they... <laughs> Which describes a couple I've read recently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, this is a... I didn't know what to expect from this one. I feel like I've heard of it before, but um, I'm not a big light novel reader. I think it's been several years since I've picked up one, so I wasn't really sure what to expect. Um, I thought it was fun. Like, there's, there's a lot that happens over. It, it can't be more than... I read it digitally, so I'm not actually sure how many pages it was, but it, it feels pretty condensed and a lot happens but there's not too many different characters so it's not like there's a large cast um I feel like everybody gets gets sort of gets a backstory but when the first volume ended and I knew there was going to be a second one just because we talked about it for the podcast I was kind of like what else are they gonna talk about but it was um interesting to to focus more on the sorceress the sorceress's background in the in the second book. I think I enjoyed the second book more. Maybe I was a little more attached to the characters by then. Like I'm not a big tournament person, so the tournament part in the first volume um I was surprised at how um like how, sort of how like you said how entertaining the fight scenes were, but I was more like the backstory person, so I enjoyed um the second volume a lot more I think the only part that felt kind of weak to me although I could see the point of it at the end was the was the uh, the chapter or so with uh, the exams where Nadine had that girl that she wanted to help that was kind of like at first I was like why is this it felt like an interlude so I wasn't really sure why it was there um, but by the end of the series you realize why or you realize why that had to come up so they could make the adjustments to the exam yeah, and one thing about the series that I liked was that Tanya has always known that women are getting the shorter stick in regards to all these things. Since she's had to work so hard just to be recognized as a mage, you know, to be at the top of her class, et cetera, et cetera. But in some ways, she doesn't really see any point in, you know, thinking about that or talking about that. But Lapis, who was around 300 years ago when there were quite a few more female knights, women weren't being told they had dressed in these skimpy clothes, etc. She's able to say, no, you are being gaslit. No, this is crazy. You're, you're not crazy. Society is crazy here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I liked the first volume a bit more than the second. I felt like the second got not exactly too dark, but I felt like it was pulling out more mm. like, woe is me, sad backstory tropes. Mm, I could agree with that. Both of the volumes are pretty short, like, I think they're both around 200 pages, so mm -hmm. not a lot of time, you know, to do anything really complex. 
So I think I enjoyed the humor of the first one more. But there's still a lot of humor in the second one. Like one of the color pages for the second volume shows Tanya. She's trying to rescue Laplace from like a prison cell. And Laplace has just like completely redesigned the prison cell. She's got like a comfortable bed in there. Uh -huh. The door locks from the inside now. The guards can't lock her in. She can lock them out. Just all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's a lot of talk about, like, at least uh, towards the end of the second volume especially, there's a lot of talk about anger and, like, female anger and how they sort of gave each other access to that. Like, they were allowed to be angry about the circumstances that they faced and uh, Lapis's relationship with her, I guess, her father, I guess, and then uh, Tanya's, uh, I wouldn't call it a relationship really, but her guild relationship with Ryan and how Ryan sort of threw her out of the guild. Um, I know when I was like reading reviews for it and I should have expected but just like the reviews on Amazon really there were reviews like they make all the men in this book look terrible and I'm like well <laughs> <laughs> that's part I think of the only point at of this the one. End, yeah, that, yeah right I think only at the end there's a sort of the, the re, sort of I wouldn't say redeeming but uh, Tanya has an interaction with like a, a male fan I guess you could say that's more positive and she kind of realizes that like not everybody is like the other men that she's met and etc but there's definitely a lot of like men suck in this one so <laughs> or at least the equality anyway the equality issues are around that um, so there's a lot of like anger in this that I kind of I appreciated it yeah definitely this isn't going to be like a well-nuanced balanced story etc in that regard like it's kind of it's like you know just sometimes you say to your female friends just man guys suck just no guys ever and you go yeah it's kind of like the book equivalent of that <laughs> yeah it's kind of like a kind of blowing off steam really mm -hmm. I, I would say that I don't feel like it's particularly like nuanced but it's just kind of I, I guess the first thing that pops into my head is that uh Oh, that Tokyo Tarareba girls where they all sort of get around at the bar and just blow off steam and then they go back to their regular lives or whatever, but they need that time just to kind of blow off steam as they navigate work and relationships and all that. It just kind of reminded me of that vibe. But I think if the characters weren't as likable or as funny or as lovable as they are, it would really fall flat. But I actually did like enjoy the characters and enjoy their relationships with each other I feel like the second book read a little bit better but I feel like the only way like a book or books these this short um are really going to pull you in is the characters and I think they do a pretty good a pretty good job with those yeah and in case we haven't made it clear this story itself makes it clear that it's going to be a comedy from the get-go I mean that amazing English language title should be your first clue <laughs> mm -hmm. um but yeah, I found this just to be a really fun read, and it was fun for me to reread it and say, oh yeah, I still really enjoy this. And Tanya's outfit is still very cute. That might be fun to cosplay. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know, I've just never worked with, like, warblow or foam. Just, I need ventilation in my apartment for that. I don't have any. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, these, these were two fun little novels. Uh, I'm glad that I've seen some chatter about it like especially when they first came out it seemed like more people than usual in like my anime watching manga reading sphere heard about this title and tried it out which is 
as much as I can hope for for light novels these days that don't have like an animated adaptation. Mm-hmm. This would certainly be fun as a movie or like maybe like a set of movies, but I think it stands. Yeah, I'm kind on of its surprised own. there's not anything out for it. It just it seems like it would do all right. <laughs> yeah, I think there's going to be a manga adaptation soon. Since, as I was telling April before this podcast, I made like a 1 a.m. tweet saying like, "Oh yeah, I forgot how much I like the series," and then like. The author for the series seems to name search people, <laughs> and, so, and so I was like looking through their Twitter feed trying to figure out who this person was, and I saw an announcement for um, an upcoming manga adaptation. Although I don't think the art looks as nice as the light novel art, just designs aren't quite as cute, they're just like a little too round. <laughs> yeah, I feel like even though they're short, there's like a lot we could talk about with this one. I mean, I just feel like it touches on... A lot of different things I feel like it does it very quickly but I feel like it 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 brings up a lot of like relevant I guess things that sometimes women bump bump up against in work and life and it seems like it covers a lot very fast there are a lot of moments where I'm like I I kind of I get that even though they're like in a magical guild it was still kind of like I get that (laughs) you know I felt that way I've had that feeling and I feel like uh even though it seems crazy to like blow up a mountain within the first few pages, it was a good way to like let off that steam. Like, yeah, sometimes you just kind of want to explode a mountain. <laughs> I mean, more than sometimes for me. Like, if I could do that, <laughs> the Appalachians would not still be standing is what I'm saying. But <laughs> <laughs> Who needs rage rooms when you can just explode land masses? <laughs> but yeah, I think that's most of my talking points. Like I said, folks, this is going to be a shorter than usual podcast. Just, I really enjoy this in all aspects. People should go read it. That is the entire point of this podcast, trying to make you read things. <laughs> yeah, I think it was fun. I mean, I like I said, I'm not a light novel person, so if people listening aren't light novel people, I mean, I think it's worth it to check out the first volume. You'll know pretty quickly whether or not you like it. It reads pretty fast, and I don't feel like the... Uh, writing is particularly like complex so it, it's not something that's difficult to to read or anything like that so um, it's worth checking out and the illustrations I thought were cute I actually like wasn't expecting them I, I read it on Kindle so I didn't know that those were going to pop up and so that's always a nice bonus to kind of know what the characters look like and before I knew what they looked like um, in my head they actually pretty much matched the picture <laughs> so that's a first you know it's kind of rare that they pretty closely matched so sorry i just suddenly remembered one thing we forgot to mention about lapis which is that she basically doesn't walk she just floats everywhere and it complains about having to walk <laughs> just yeah i mean it said that she, that she was so i don't know i don't know i don't think she's rich or just like that she just didn't I think she, she didn't just, even have to walk on her own two feet <laughs> I think she was like just so magically gifted from such a young age that she just got into the habit of floating early on mm-hmm. uh, the little things you can do when you are an immortal sorceress with a near boundless supply of magic <laughs> anyway uh, that's going to be all now for folks hopefully we have a more regular length episode in three weeks but who knows what we're reading at this point? We don't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. We always come back. <laughs> but if you guys uh, want to see what we're going to do next, you can always check us out on the Taiku Podcast website, since that is our uh, sister podcast, I guess, our parent podcast. We're budding, kind of like a sponge. Uh, and you can find that at taiikupodcast.com. Until next time, then, folks. Bye.
拜。